Jeff MacArthur, let's welcome in our good friend, Kenneth Bukur, EV expert, host of the EV Revolution Show on YouTube. Hey, Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here, as always. I wanted to start with that big announcement out of Windsor yesterday. They're going to build this huge uh, auto battery plant. Uh, they're providing, of course, uh, lots and lots of uh, jobs. It's good news for the city of Windsor, for the province of Ontario. What does it mean for EVs, though, uh, here in Ontario and Canada as a whole? Well, you're absolutely right, Jeff. It's a big announcement. I mean, we have a lot of smart, trained people here in Canada, so great to get them to work. It's an announcement by Stellantis and LG Energy to uh, build that battery factory in Windsor. Somewhere around 2,500 new jobs, a $5 billion project will create a lot of batteries. Uh, what that means is that we'll start to have more in-country supply chain for all electric vehicles for the battery cells and pack and be able to uh, sell that or provide that to Stellantis as they ramp up their EV production goals, which they've announced over the last several months. You know, we were covering this quite extensively yesterday on the show, and I'll ask you the same question I asked uh, some others. And do you think that this is the uh, beginning of a real change for the Canadian auto sector, the Canadian auto manufacturing uh, sector, Kenneth? I would say it is. We need to, to do that change. Um, you know, I know APMA has the project Arrow that they're running to, to gain prove out that Canadian has a skill set and the, the smarts to be able to build out new technologies and the future of, auto, of the automotive landscape. So I think it's a real great step in that direction so that we could solidify uh, Canadian manufacturing as we move forward into more uh, available and abundance of all electric vehicles. Definitely a great step, very important step forward. And I would also argue, Jeff, that it w it's also going to start looking at the oil and gas sector differently as we can try to look at those sectors and transition jobs in those areas into the EV landscape as well. Yeah, where is Canada when it comes to the EV landscape right now? I mean, this announcement yesterday you mentioned is a big step. Does this position us to become a leader when it comes to uh, EVs? Just where exactly are we right now and where can we go, do you think, Kenneth? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it certainly puts us in the step, uh, the pathway to leadership. Um, we don't have any uh, electric vehicle assemblies that I'm aware of in Canada today other than uh, the Windsor Stellantis plant that builds the Pacifica hybrid, which is a, a the plug-in hybrid, which is a combination of battery and, and a, a gas uh, mixture there. Um, so that's the only manufacturing. But I know that Canada is is trying to uh, get more of the OEMs and the manufacturers to invest. Uh, Ford Lincoln will be investing in Oakville for some of their future Lincoln all-electric pro products. So it is starting to happen. And I think once we see more of that build-out, the expertise will grow. All right. Uh, meantime, I want to uh, shift gears, pardon the uh, pun, and uh, go from uh, batteries to actual uh, EVs that are in development. And Hyundai, they have actually unveiled uh, something that I've wondered a lot about uh, for some time when it comes to EVs. Why do we have to plug them in when we can do what Hyundai is looking at here, uh, Kenneth, and that's just put a solar panel on the roof of the car to power it? Yeah, you know, it's a great marketing idea, and there is some reality to that solar panel. But I think listeners need to understand that the amount of power, the size of the solar panel that you would need to be able to properly or fully charge an electric vehicle would be quite a lot because solar is still um, a very inefficient technology. It, it might be in the 20 or 25 percentile efficiency range now uh, these days. So what that means is you need a big panel to be able to put, put a lot of juice into the car so what we're seeing is applications where OEMs are putting uh, components of solar into the roof and other elements of the vehicle. Um, this story about Hyundai 
basically it, it's a small trickle charge that might get you three or four or five kilometers in a, in a day or enough to, you know, keep your 12-volt battery charged. Uh, Nissan Leaf, Builder Leafs had a little solar panel on them. And there are OEMs like Aptera and Atlas and Fisker, Lightyear and Sono, Sono Motors in particular in Germany, uh, where they're covering their entire vehicle in solar panels to be able to get uh, 30 to 40, maybe 45 kilometers back in the day. Mm. If you have that kind of coverage, then you're, you know, depending on your use case, if you only drive in 10 or 20 kilometers to work and back, you could, in, in theory, almost fully charge your car while it's sitting there in the sun. So is this a good idea whose time has just not come and that the technology is just going to kind of catch up uh, to this idea, do you think? Well, I think it's a good idea because it can in some circumstances, especially in the southern climates, uh, Arizona and others, where they have a high percentile of sunny days. Uh, you can, again, if the solar panel is efficient and big enough, you can recoup some energy back or at least keep your, you can let the car run to keep cool and it can handle those kind of things. But it is still early in, in solar panel adoption for, uh, for practical use. Joined on the line by Kenneth Pukur, host of the EV Revolution show that you can find on YouTube. Uh, Kenneth, whether you've got an EV or a combustible engine car, we've all got license plates, of course. And finally, just wanted to ask you about the story of one Ontario man who was recently handed a $110 ticket for, how about this, having a license plate that is peeling and faded. And as somebody who does have one of those license plates that is peeling, one too many car washes, I guess, I don't know. Uh, how concerned should we all be about this? Yeah, it's a great story. Um, I did have a read. I don't think we should be that concerned. Um, I did read that story just for, for listeners' sake. Um, MTO, they do warranty the, the plates for Ontario uh, vehicles. Um, there's a five-year what they call manufacturer's warranty. So if you get a plate from Service Ontario and it starts to peel within that five years, you can go and return it and they will give you a replacement. After that time period, unfortunately, it's up to the owner of the vehicle to pay for that uh, for a new plate if it's peeling. I believe it's a $59 charge. And I know that this gentleman is trying to go to court to sue or to, uh, to shift the blame because he got this ticket and he's saying it's not his fault. I don't think the story talks about how long he's had the plate because if it's in if it's within the warranty period, then he can go and get it replaced. But it's just one of those things that happens, and I I, I understand the car wash uh, scenario as well, Jeff. But also all the all the type of weathering that we get, the extremes yeah. in the climate, right? Very cold and very hot, and the salt and everything else that that gets kicked around. It's not uncommon to see peeling and faded license plates. What is it about license plates? Either they're peeling or we've got those new ones that came out that you can't see after dark. You can't see in the dark. What is it that we just can't get license plates right in this province? It's a good question. Maybe that's <laughs> something to uh, ask the Ford government at some point. All right, uh, Kenneth, appreciate this as always. Thanks so much for your time on a Thursday. You're welcome, Jeff. Take care. You too. Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution Show. And we're back after a quick break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.